Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, a new Nintendo console will be released in Mega Man's timeline, 20XX. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We have got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including what Nintendo is going to spend all that Switch money on. And then on Thursday, we are designing vacation homes for Nintendo weirdos. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. So happy to be here. Patrick, before we started recording, we were talking about the ska band mustard plug yeah um and that got me thinking you were chuckling about their name we were it's not a good name (laughs) but i mean i am i have to imagine it's either like the plastic thing that goes on top of the the bottle of mustard or it's the like plug of mustard that gets like crusted up in there uh i don't like the latter (laughs) (laughs) um do you remember in the early 90s that there was a resurgence in swing music. Mm-hmm. Is this a chicken and egg situation where it's like, did ska come out of that resurgence in interest in swing dancing? Or was like swing dancing out of the resurgence so of ska I, music? Or do you not I mean, think, I think the two is I think, related? No, I think they are related. Uh, as someone who was like discovering popular music at, at around that time, I was in into ska recognized like i had a a, a cherry pop and daddy's record i had a squirrel nut zipper zippers record um and there were a lot of like personnel between those bands that would like sort of cross pollinate mm-hmm. um i mean look uh how many jobs are there for a trombonist <laughs> who wants to play pop music right like there aren't that many <laughs> so, i mean in the early 90s there were uh, there was still, a lot of opportunity there, there were like 12 like that's it <laughs> it's not that many <laughs> um but so yeah i guess i guess it's a good question because like um I, I know that they there's definitely a point where they like split and went separate ways and like the swing dancing kids were their own thing and the ska punk kids were their own thing. Sure, but yeah. I think they probably originated or were like coming up like in parallel and then like kissed in the middle and then went their separate ways. <laughs> I think uh, I I think that's beautiful, but I think that's probably true. Speaking of kissing in the middle, my copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? I don't know what that means, by the way. <laughs> um, you can get on a list to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, all you gotta do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of this game. It could be... Uh, the, the address could be your local library if you have like a... <laughs> uh, like you work there or something. I mean, right, yeah. Or if you want to confuse a librarian. <laughs> what do you think they would do with it? I mean, I think they would... Uh, Throw it away? Slap a Dewey Decimal... <laughs> code on it put it oh, on the shelf my gosh if there are any librarians um who listen to the show and know the dewey decimal code for sonic forces yeah please please, please let us know uh also if someone knows the because there has to be uh well i guess there are like graphic novels that are like sonic the hedgehog so like they has to like the subject matter must have a number but i don't know if like diff- different media has different oh sure probably right 
Well, if there, if a librarian listens yeah. to us, we would love to know the answer. Yes, uh, so please do that. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game, and there's nothing you can do about it. And we're not interested in knowing the Dewey Decimal for <laughs> Untitled Goose Game. That's right. <laughs> I don't care. care. I don't care. Yeah. Another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you leave us a five-star review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. If you fav- like, leave us a review, favorite us, do whatever. If you share the show in any other way, let us know. Send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. Thank you so much to everybody who's left us a review and everybody who will in the future. Um, we appreciate it so much. Uh, yes, uh, we do. Mark, we've got a lot of show to get into today, so let's just do it. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. Animal Crossing's Crossing, Animal Crossing New Horizons has been updated. Uh, 2.0 is available, as is Happy Home Paradise. Um, Mark, have you been playing it? Yes, I did. So uh, last August, probably like over a year ago, I deleted my island. I'm so excited for this journey because so, I, I know I know that you nuked it. Yeah, you that's had right. an island; it is gone. Uh-huh. So Mark had to start from zero. Yes. And so I have started from zero. Uh, I created a new island. It is called Cabot Cove because I am nothing if not a you know your brand. murder she wrote right. stan. <laughs> um, what what was your island called before? I was actually trying to remember, wow. and I can't. I don't. I don't know what I called it before. Okay. To be completely honest, um, I'm sure it was delightful. And if I could recall, we would all chuckle. We'd have a good chuckle. At the yes. cleverness of it, but uh, I uh, it was, genuinely can't remember. Was your island named Mustard Plug? <laughs> Spooky if it would have been. <laughs> um, and so I. I guess in some way it's been interesting to see like what parts of the new content are available now and what parts aren't. And for, as far as I can tell, most of it is not. Yeah. So like, you know, I can't um, uh, start Happy Home Designer yet or Happy Home Paradise. Like the, but I'm only like three or four days into my new island. So it hasn't even been a week. Um, the, the one Who thing- are your starters? Oh, do you know what I can't? I can you describe them? Uh, I won't know who they are, but yeah. I just I like oh, it anyway. I should this. I'm annoyed with myself that I don't remember. Yeah. Um. One is like, is there a koala? Could there be a? There's definitely koala. Do you, do you have Ozzy? Oh no, I don't think I have. I Ozzie. mean, there, there are a bunch of koalas. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think I have a koala, and yeah. then I have like a rhino or something like mm, that. Okay. Um. He's not the mean rhino. No, is he? no, okay. he's he seems fine. We're okay. on good terms. <laughs> All right. Good. Uh. But the only part of new content that I'm aware of that, or that I, that I can access immediately is like group stretching, which I am so happy about because it is, I'm glad to say that it is as delightful in person as uh, I imagined it would be when it was first revealed. It is just, it's wonderful. Group stretching. How in how long does it? Is so wonderful. How long does a group stretch last? I would guess ninety seconds. Okay, okay, not super long. So it's not super long, but uh, the music for it is perfect. It, it, I, it's just adorable. When uh, uh, a few years ago, I visited China. My husband and I visited China, and um, they, uh, in like the the parks, you know, in like the afternoon, there would be groups of uh, older people 
who would be doing like act like they'd be dancing in the park and that'd be a way to do like exercise and i was telling my husband it's like my dream is to be one of those people <laughs> and now i can be with group stretching in animal crossing it's amazing how that the story that you tell right now reads as charming um but there was a little while where i lived right by the entrance to uh runyon canyon which is like a uh, a big time like hiking trail in la um and there would be uh like either um like rhythmic uh like aerobic sort of like classes <laughs> or like yoga classes that would happen like there outside uh, basically every morning and it was obnoxious <laughs> Well, I feel like it's different when it's, like, a big public park yeah. and when, like, Runyon Canyon is a disaster. So I can't even imagine, like, that area. So I can't and even imagine. And it was before they like, redid it. Uh-huh. So, like, yeah, it was definitely, like, hyper disaster area at that point. So um, so I'm, I actually don't know how far I'm going to go with Animal Crossing New Horizons again. Or actually, I think it's just going to take me a very long time. Because one thing I was feeling, and I felt this way about Pikmin Bloom. I think maybe, like, I'm just not in the mood for these, like, needy video games. Yeah. And so the idea of, like, like I felt stressed out the first two days because I was like, there's so much I have to do in this game just to get, like, set up. Um, that I w- And so I was feeling annoyed, right? Because, like, every little thing, when it would take a second longer because it was loading, I'd be like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And so I wasn't really... In- <laughs> That's just not the way you can, like, engage with no, Animal Crossing, what would be, though. What's yeah. the point? No. And so I th- I think, like, you know, when I was playing before, every day I would play, and it would take me, you know, like, an hour, two hours to do everything I needed to do yeah, that day. Yeah, or, like, everything you could do for that day. And even, I just don't yeah. want to do that. And yeah. so I'm thinking I'm going to continue to play, but really slowly. Like, yeah. I think I'm just going to, like, go in... Like, right now, I have to gather the materials for uh, Timmy and Tommy to open their store. That's where I'm at. Like, I have the uh, blathers. I gave him, like, the 15 items. So uh, the store or the museum probably popped up today. You know, like, I'm making progress. But, like, I think it's just going to be really slow is the only way that I'm going to be able to enjoy myself. Because I just feel, like, too much pressure to get it done and i just don't have the time to invest in it like i did when it first came out you know what i mean yeah oh man the uh the days when animal crossing had just come out and it was like uh yeah i don't know i'll i'll sink eight hours into this (laughs) every day for three weeks right and then taper off to like five hours a day well did you have an opportunity to play because you have like an established island so i'm curious yeah so I, i have an established island um, and, uh, I have mostly just been playing because there are some things that the, um, island administrator, the, like, first player, the person who sets it up, has to do, um, that, like, the other player cannot do. Mm. Like, uh, uh, the island administrator needs to be the one who, uh, goes out and finds Brewster on, uh, like, an island tour and invites him back. Uh, the island administrator has to be the one to talk to, um, Blathers the next day so that you can be like, oh, yes, Bl- uh, Brewster wants to come to the island and open a coffee house. That's all stuff that I need to do, which is stupid. I think any of the island residents, Sarah, I'm talking about Sarah here. She should be able to do that. Um, You know, we, it doesn't make sense to me that like I would be the only one, but that's the, the way the game is designed. So, so be it. Um, So I did some of that and I did a little bit of just like running around on the island with Sarah, but she has been the one who uh, is like really like buckled in and has been um playing it a lot and she's been doing a lot of the happy home paradise um which is super cool um and like i don't know like decorating the houses was never really um 
like my focus in Animal Crossing. Like I, I liked uh, sort of developing the island and like sculpting that and planting stuff. Um, but like once we get inside, um, I just sort of get like overwhelmed with like the possibilities of like how do I decorate these rooms, um, uh, and. Uh, that was not something that overwhelmed Sarah. That's something that she liked about the game in the first place. So getting to uh, Happy Home Paradise and having like the restrictions put on or like the restrictions and the sort of like opening up of like, you can have as many of these as you want to put in here. You don't have to spend bells or like wait for other resources to unlock to start like adding these things to um, homes, but also having the direction of like this, this guy wants a place to show off his bike. And so you theme the whole thing around the bike and when you put down things that he likes he like claps uh and you're like oh okay like every, it's it's immediate um and it leaves a lot of room for creativity because there's no like fail state in it right mm-hmm. like you can't i don't think there's a way to b- build a house for them that they're like i hate this <laughs> um like they always end up loving it um but it uh yeah, I I, th- I think she's done like five or six houses now uh she designed the school um and it, yeah, it, it seems like really cool and fun. And there are a lot of ways to interface with how you're decorating rooms um, that aren't available in like the, the regular game, just like little shortcuts and uh, stuff like that. It, the cu- customizing uh, materials, like right as you put them down, there's just like you can just hit another button and customize it instead of needing like customized kits and like going out to a, a workbench or whatever. Um, so yeah, it seems super rad. All the characters uh, in the... Uh, expansion are fun uh lottie the otter who runs the place is great um nico the monkey who like guides you around he wears a little hat and like drives a boat like he's he's adorable wardell the manatee who like runs the store i don't know like every it's in typical animal crossing fashion where you just like want to spend time with even the npcs that like aren't your villagers um the ones that are just like there and part of the game are fun and charming and have personality. Yeah, I, I really wish that I could just jump straight to Happy Home Paradise because yeah. I, I think I would really enjoy that part of it because yeah. I don't really like decorating uh, my own house or like my island all that much because I find it like, a, uh, I don't know, like having the bells and like all that kind of stuff. And it the idea of just having it all there, you know, like... Yeah hey, I want this theme, and here's, like, all of the items for that theme, that sounds really appealing to me. Um, and so... I bet it, it can't possibly be that long until they... I, I have read that some of it is... And I, I actually don't know. I should, I should research. But I read that a lot of the new content is only happens once you get five stars on your island and KK Slider oh, shows what? up. What? I don't know if Happy Home Paradise is at that point, but yeah. I know that a lot, supposedly a lot of the content yeah. is behind that. Like Brewster and stuff like that. You have mm. to get, um, you have to be past like KK Slider being there. Okay. Well, and uh, KK is only three stars. So oh, like, okay. Um, get, getting the, 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 uh, getting up to five stars is where you start getting uh lilies of the valley growing oh, on, on the got island it, got it like getting to three stars and uh getting um kk slider is considered like the end of the game right um so yeah that the rest I of mean, it, it would took be me i think content. like two months probably to get yeah to, like, i think probably KK me slider too, time. but i wasn't being like super active about putting uh uh, stuff outside like decorating outside right which you really is a lot what of tips that. you yeah. over yeah um a couple of things i want to note on the animal crossings new horizons is um one that mr Assetti is back 
Which uh, uh, delighted me to no end. So if you have Amiibos and you have Brewster, yeah, uh, I well, pro, pro uh, like uh, retroactive spoilers, I guess. But yes, if you because in Brewster's Cafe, you can use your any Amiibo to summon. Oh, including characters. Mr. Rossetti. Exactly, and oh so he has different dialogue that, um, uh, from what I've seen on like online, very fun. Uh, so happy that they found a way to have him back in the game in some form. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say about it eludes me at the moment. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, maybe if I remember as we continue, what are you playing? Yeah, yeah we'll just interrupt to. whatever else we're talking about <laughs> yeah. so we can come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Mark, I hope you do. I hope you are able to access Happy Home Paradise sooner rather than later. Um. It is accessed just by going into the airport and telling them that you're ready to work. Um, and I guess, yeah, maybe it just comes down to maybe you need Isabel on the island. Yeah, or maybe I just need to be, like, a little further. Because, right, like, at yeah. the point I'm at, like, I just barely got my first Nook ticket. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I haven't even used Dodo Airlines for the, like, base thing right. that it is used for. I did remember what it was. The other thing is, you know, uh, whether – I can't remember if it was on the show or not, but we were – hoping that they improved the load times for when somebody visits your island. Mm-hmm. And that does appear to be the case. Whoa. That it, uh, because they have not in- improved the load times in the rest of the game. No, <laughs> no. But anecdotally, yeah. the load times when uh, somebody's coming to visit your island are, it is shorter. Mm. It's still long, but it right. is shorter than it was before. Uh, next time you're on, Mark, uh, shoot me a text. I want to come visit your new island. Yes, I mean, there is nothing. <laughs> but yeah. I can bring a bunch bring of stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring bells. Um, I've also been playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as part of uh, the Sega Genesis Switch Online. Yeah. And I finished it. I loved it. So I did not get all the Chaos Crystals, so I need to like... They're emeralds. Emeralds. I need to go back and do that. But I really, I really liked my t- uh, time with it. I was very happy to play Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It was interesting to play some of the levels that are featured in Sonic Mania. Yeah. And just be like, oh, okay. Um, I liked the soundtrack. I forgot how much I liked the soundtrack. There's one level where it's kind of like, it's not an airship, but it, you're in the sky. Yeah. And it has, it is the one track in the game that I think is bad. Because it reminds me of like this, uh, the it to me it feels like Sonic trying to do the airship theme from Super Mario Brothers three, and it's like occasionally like uh, like the notes just sound sour. Yeah, like, sure. But otherwise, the music is Sonic. Amazing. Do your own thing. Don't try to <laughs> don't try to crib from Mario. But I really liked it. It was um interesting, and it's definitely one of those games where like you could I could definitely go back and now i know how to like improve my times yeah because i like know my ways through the level a little bit more like the level design in sonic games is really interesting to me how there's different paths yeah well uh, different paths but they're also not like really clearly delineated as like this is this path and this is this path you're just like are you high or are you like in the middle or are you low yeah and And you can usually like navigate between them at various points throughout the level yes absolutely and sometimes you have to because sometimes i'm like oh i should always stay up top because that's you know like the best route but that is not always the case Mm. well that's very cool mark uh you uh, other other than this you've really only played sonic mania right 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so are you holding out hope that we get Sonic 3 that would and, be then, fun. and Knuckles? Yeah, I, you know, I was watching, there were a couple of times in Sonic 2 where I got stuck. Or I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go or how I'm supposed to, like, uh, do this, like, jump or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I would look and it's like, oh, there's, like, a Super Sonic who turns gold in yeah. Sonic 2. And it's like, I definitely have not... I don't been able to achieve that. The the like end game level, the like pro level Sonic stuff is uh confounding to me because it all hinges on your ability to play those dumb mini games. Uh-huh. Um and in both Sonic 2 and 3, um they're so divorced from what like the rest of the gameplay of Sonic is. I think it's fun to like run in that little like half pipe and like do the little flip all the way around it. Um but like being good at it has, like, no relationship to being good at Sonic the Hedgehog. And some of them get really brutal, where yeah. it's like, in order to succeed, you cannot miss a ring. Right. And uh, Tails can get hit I and, like, know, lose it's rings. It's so annoying. It's so... Fr- Tails is so frustrating, uh, just as, like, your AI companion. Yeah. Because there's no point. Like, he doesn't, like, do anything. Good. I, like, he can collect rings, though. He can collect rings, but he can... Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, also, if you get a second person with a second controller, they can control him. I know. That might be fun. We should maybe try that And he can't time. get hurt. Oh, well, he can get hurt, but it doesn't cost you anything. Right. And he can fly. And I don't remember if in, in Sonic 2, if he can, like, fly and you can grab onto him. I can't remember. Yeah. Sonic 3, for sure. Well, I, w- I, w- I hope that Sonic 3 makes it. I would like to play that someday. Um, I, I really, I want that for you. I want, to, I want for you to uh, I could probably play, play buy Sonic it, 3. right? No, 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 no. <laughs> You're already paying uh, yeah, an extra right. $30 that's a year right. just to play that's Sonic right. <laughs> Um, Mark, this is not a video game that I played, but I did go to Universal Studios Hollywood this weekend mm. um, and was reminded the moment I walked in that... Super Mario or Super Nintendo World uh, will be coming to this park at some point um, because there was Mario stuff in the gift shop. Um, and like, I wanted to want something, but there was really nothing there that, yeah. like, you know, I, I would. It's there, there. It's so much of just like the characters' faces, like, huge on stuff. It didn't look like anything that you couldn't get from like Target or GameStop. Yeah, yes. Um, and, like, uh, I just wish they could do the thing, like, the sort of Uniqlo thing where it's, like, you have to kind of look at it and, like, investigate it and uh-huh. know that it's a Mario thing to see that it's a Mario yeah, thing. Yeah, and I feel like the Super Mario, Super Nintendo world in Japan, like... <laughs> We're going to mess this up over and oh, over again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, uh, it is our curse for all yeah. eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, that they have that unique merchandise. I See, I want that. I know. I just want them to, like... Bring it here now. Just bring it here now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I spent the day at, at the park. Um, could see where they are building the Super Nintendo Land World. <laughs> Super Nintendo World stuff. Um, and, you know, I got it very excited about it. It does seem like it is um, a fairly big chunk of land that they are, are using for it. Which is weird because nothing at Universal is big. Yeah. Um, like, you know, we walked around uh, the Harry Potter Land and, like, that's pretty small. Um, you walk through um, Springfield in, like, 30 seconds and you're, like, on the other side of it. Universal Studios Hollywood 
has the weirdest layout for just a theme park. The absolute weirdest layout because it is like bisected by uh, an enormous. How many story uh, escalator <laughs> would you say it is? I don't know. It has to be like four hundred feet. It's broken up into four different sections. It takes like ten minutes. It takes ten minutes to yeah. go down or up this escalator, um, and like down there is like the Jurassic Park stuff and uh, Transformers: The Ride and the Mummy, um, and that's really it. Yeah, and then that's where Super. Nin- Nintendo World. There you go. It's going to go. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, yeah. And like, uh, I had like a, a flash of like panic uh, as we were going on these rides where I was like, oh no, are the Mario rides just going to be squirting me with water? Like, is that all they're going to be? Because <laughs> every ride that we went on sprayed us with water. At some Universal part. loves it. Where it's like, oh, did like glass break in this ride? You got sprayed you with got water. You got sprayed with water. <laughs> Oh, did this dinosaur jump out at you? Sprayed with water. water. What are you, uh, just on the mummy ride? (laughs) Sprayed with water. (laughs) But I I have sort of high hopes for it, just because it seems like the the stuff at um, Universal Japan uh, was looking cool. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I had sort of forgotten all about this and then saw some of it with my own eyes. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yes. That oh, yeah. Is in our I future. want to eat at that Toad Cafe. Oh, so bad. So bad. Yeah. That is, I'm just, I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to live there. I'll just move to Universal Studios Hollywood when this opens. Uh, the other thing, I've been playing Skyward Sword, mm. um, slowly making my way a little bit through it. I uh, still love it. I, I don't really have anything new to say about it. Just I am really enjoying Skyward Sword. Um, are you in the uh, second desert temple? No, I'm are not. You past so it? so no 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 no. So I oh, think you I back was up actually at the island. No, what's no. going on, Mark? Where are you? <laughs> I was. Not, I won't let you finish. <laughs> yeah, I was not as far as I thought I was. Oh, okay. So you have like passed me again. So I w- went back to Faron Forest. And I just is that's what it's called, right? Yeah. So I just recently fair on woods. Fair on woods, yeah. And then I just recently encountered like the dragon and brought oh, the dragon okay, yes, like the yes. the water. And so I'm in that temple where I'm getting the first like flame or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so great. that's what that's where I'm at. Great. I am currently getting the second flame. I'm in the desert. Um, it's very cool, and I'm enjoying it an awful lot. I love this little fair on like dragon thing. Yeah, and I lo- so weird, right? I, <laughs> so weird. But but uh, I know you had talked about it before, and I just want to reiterate how much I love the different uh, like uh, species. Yep. In this game, right? Like uh, it's it's different forest creatures. It's different um, like water creatures. This is a weird like umbrella jellyfish. Like yeah. Um, uh, it's like an umbrella like jellyfish thing. Well, like seahorse, seahorse. Yeah. yeah, I knew there was a real world <laughs> example, not just the snorks. Were you thinking of the snorks? The snorks, like the underwater Smurfs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. I I would love to know what other snorks there are. I guess snorkel oh, is what. Yes, I see. <laughs> My mind just finished the word. Uh-huh. I guess. Um, well, okay. We will certainly discuss more Skyward Sword as we go. Um, but Mark, in the meantime, those are the games that we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. But before we get into what is coming out next week, I want to talk about something that came out on Thursday of last week, which we didn't talk about on our uh, news episode last week because it was only announced uh, on the first, three days previous, uh, a Popeye game came to Switch. Mark, a Popeye game. Huh. An officially licensed 
Popeye game in 2021. Uh, yes. Um, and it is a like 3D reimagining of the Nintendo developed um, Popeye arcade game. Interesting. So you are Popeye. You are running around a 3D space instead of a 2D space, catching the hearts that olive oil throws down while avoiding Bluto. Huh. Um, it looks terrible. Do not recommend uh, that anyone check it out. Or, I mean, do check it out. Like, look look for video. Because um, it is a wholly bizarre experience. Um, and just a, a strange little ex- exercise. It's uh, $12.99 on the Switch eShop. Um, and I've... I've since discovering it, I've been like a little tempted just to check it out. Um, like coming off off the heels of a uh, Game and Watch month, um, and really coveting that uh, Popeye Game and Watch, and just knowing that it has like a weird space in Nintendo history, right. um, makes me like sort of interested in this. But like, it's absolutely a, a garbage game. Um, I, I checked out. Um, it's, it's Sabek Limited is the name of the company that published it, and they put out all kinds of like crappy sort of like shovelware games for uh, modern consoles. Um, and this is just another one of those. So bizarre. Put it on your wish list so that way if it drops, oh yeah, in price yes, because sometimes then. games like that go down to like a penny. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, on November 11th on Thursday, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic is released on the Switch eShop as as well as the Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, also released on Switch eShop. Man, it's like it's 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. I'm kind of tempted by Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Um, You know, I have, like, uh, the Republic Commando game on my Switch. I have the... Um, Pod Racer. The Pod Racing game on my Switch. That's not the name of it. It is Star, Star Wars, Wars Episode, Episode One. One Racer. Yeah. Yeah, right. And... um. I don't know. There's something about this era of Star Wars that I I really enjoy. Yeah. Um. I Mark. I have never played Knights of the Old Republic. I haven't really either. I have. So I bought it or I got it for free. I can't remember which on like iOS. Yeah. So yeah, I've yeah. had it on my iPad and my phone, and I've played a little bit of it. But that's a terrible way to play that game. Right. And so, uh, it feels like something we should play. Yeah. As big old Star Wars heads. We are big old Star Wars heads. And yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we, maybe we should. Maybe we should make a show about it or something. Speaking of like, should we play this on thir- on Friday, November twelfth? Shimagami Tensei Five is released, and the reviews have been really good for this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a a little, su- I guess, not surprising, but like, is one of those where like e- even the best reviews probably still like means it doesn't appeal to me. You know, like mm, the sort mm-hmm. of hardcore JRPG. Yeah. Um. And also just, like, looking at the aesthetic of the game, it's very, like, drab and dark and... Totally. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be uh, one that I want to check out. But, yeah, it, it is amazing how good the reviews are. Yeah, I guess I just wasn't expecting that. But uh, Shin Megami Tensei is, I think, notoriously a difficult franchise. Yeah. And this game seems to be no exception. Yes. And so, I think that alone will put me off of playing it. Um. You know, when I played Tokyo Mirage Sessions, I played it on easy. Like, yeah. that's just how I like my RPGs. So, um, for that reason alone, I'll probably, maybe in like 20 years when they release, you know, like a, a upscaled version and they'll add an easy mode for people like me. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, really what you want, I may, may, maybe this isn't uh, what you want, but I think what I would want is just a lower, because like, 
it is something I'd be interested in checking out. Shimigami Tensei is obviously a, a storied RPG franchise that has so many like offshoots and uh, you know the Persona series comes from it and so many other things come from Persona and like all, all you know it's it is like a, a grandfather in as far as franchises go um, in uh, Atlas's canon um, and I would just like a uh, a cheaper access point, you know, like mm, I, I, yeah. if, if yep. it was like thirty bucks, uh, when when this game goes on sale at some point, because it will, um, then maybe I will check it out. Especially if it's like super long, yeah, like that is not really appealing to me either, yeah, um, right now. So, oh, also on Friday, Game and Watch: The Legend of Zelda is released, which. I've got to tell you, Patrick, I could have sworn this thing came out like three months ago. I I mean that you look, you sound like someone who doesn't have a pre-order, <laughs> who isn't waiting for it to show up at Best Buy, who's not going to be there on Friday saying "gimme, gimme, 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 gimme," uh, which is me. I have I have all those things. Uh, I'm very excited about this thing to come out. Um, I had sort of forgotten uh, how much is on it um, because the Super Mario Game and Watch is you know a, a little bit less right it really just has um super mario brothers the lost levels and um ball but mario's faces is on that and so like that's fun and those are fun games to just like pick up and play but the legend of zelda game and watch has the legend of zelda nes it has zelda 2 the adventure of link and it has the game boy not game boy color version of link's awakening on it um and then also has vermin where the moles are octoroks and the dude doing the bashing is link <laughs> i'm yeah, very that's excited a good package yeah that's fun it is actually there's something cool about it to me that it's the game boy version of link's yes Brain. which has never been re-released uh on any other platform whenever they re-release it or like bring it up in collections or whatever it is the um the dx the game boy color version oh very cool uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about this. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I put it up in my office next to the, uh, um, the other one. So I can have two competing, uh, time pieces telling me like one minute apart from each other. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Mark, those are the new releases. Um, let's close this segment out. Now it is time for a regular segment on our show. It is time. For 433, a 1952 American composer, John Cage, wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, we're going to hew kind of close to Nintendo as a topic um, because I got a PlayStation 5. Nice. I was able to secure one. I... Look, a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I think I'm in the market for a, a PlayStation 5. Um, it's been a year since they came out. Uh, I, I I want it. Um, and so I set to the Lord's work of trying to order one uh, from any online retailer. Uh, turns out this is one of those like impossible to get things. You got to go on high alert. You got to fo- follow uh, IGN deals and Wario 64 on Twitter. You got to go to nowinstock.com and add an alert for uh, PlayStation five uh, and like really just be plugged in and on your computer all the time for when they go on sale, because they'll be on sale for 30 seconds and then they're gone. Um, and I eventually got one um, to pick up in store at my best buy Um and I did, I got it, and I brought it home, and I love it. And it's one of the disc ones, right? It is one of the disc ones, yes. Um, which I didn't set out to get the disc one. I was just like, whatever. 
is is available is fine. Yeah. Uh, yes. Before uh, we started recording, this is the first time I have seen a PlayStation Five in person, and it is a it's a mighty beast. But I I it's think big. it's pretty it's good big. looking. It's yeah, yeah. So I, I have mine resting on on its side. Um, I think they want you to stand it upright. Um, but either way, you need to like set it in this little stand. Um, and the stand is kind of cool. Like it's it's modular. Like you have to rotate it, and then like it clips onto the the sides that you can lay it on its side. Uh, other otherwise, it's got these like weird fins that <laughs> you put pressure on. Um, but yeah, it it is big. It it is a beast, but uh, sort of a ha- handsome one. Yeah, yeah. So what have you been playing? So I mean, sort of the uh, the boring answer is that I uh, had never finished Final Fantasy VII Remake when I was playing it because I was sort of bummed out by the like quality of the like dramatic presentation of it, like the writing and the acting. I thought were all kind of a bummer. Um, uh, so I never finished it when I picked it up like last year. But so I'm playing the PlayStation Five version of it now here, which was a free upgrade, uh, which rules from the PlayStation Four to the PlayStation Five version. Um, and just like re, just like changing my expectations for you know what I want of the game. So it's a free upgrade, but it, is it really like upgrade? Is in like a just new version of the game? Like your save data doesn't carry over. Like my save data over. did not carry over. Oh, interesting. Um, and yeah, it is like a different version of the game. Like it's, it's not like been, a texture pack or something that you download. No, it's and it's like it's it's more it's more than that. But the thing is, there is also like add-on content that I can now buy that I've upgraded it oh. to the 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 new version. And if I still have appetite for the game after I get through it, um, I will just roll into the uh, uh, the the DLC content. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying that a lot. I also played through um, Astro's Playroom. That's supposed to be really good. It's adorable. Um, so you're you're playing uh, as Astro. He's a little robot. Um, I, I played uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission on the PlayStation VR a couple years ago. It's the same basic concept, uh, except not in VR. Um, and you go through like parts of the PlayStation Five, um, at, like you know the the cooling, uh, the cooling unit, the memory, the like high speed whatever, um, and uh, like you encounter artifacts that are all like pieces of PlayStation ephemera. Um, oh, that's cool. Which is all really cool, and like it, uh, like winds up in this like museum piece where like you've collected every piece of PlayStation hardware. And I know I'm not the first person to say this, but like it would be this would be such a cool like Nintendo thing, like if if they could do it and celebrate their hardware. I, this I way. feel like you know Sega, or sorry, Sony, Sony as a like as a video gaming brand <laughs> is very like focused on moving forward they're yeah. very and so yeah. i feel like it is rare that we that you get something like that's really nostalgia heavy from sony but uh i think it's cool that they're at the point like sony as a video game like yeah they've player, been around long enough been around yeah. a long time like they do have a lot of history to celebrate and i kind of wish they did it more yeah yep i agree uh we have reached the end of the recording of 433 there is no applause even though it was a pretty good recording uh we were accompanied today by the piano quartet two sharps one flat all right mark let's get into the news gonna leave that music flub in there because i (laughs) I fixed it so fast Still sounded terrible. (laughs) Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa gave a presentation at a recent financial results briefing that shed some light on the company's future. 
and you know some in that he basically revealed that they would continue to make hardware software and quote increase the number of people who experience nintendo ip so nothing crazy no big departure right from um anything that had that he had talked about before this is very much like what nintendo was focused on under furukawa as president there were some interesting tidbits from the presentation, though. Like, we got, um, like, an age spread yeah. of people who played the uh, the Switch. And, uh, like, the average age is, like, 30 or between, like, 30 and 40 or something. Like yeah, that. And, and there was also, like, a big spike at, like, 21 or something yeah. like that. Um, and I wonder, like, how much of that has to do with, like, um, the, like, uh, age or class of people that are, like, graduating college in or like going to college in the in like covid times uh if like any of that like sort of spikes uh switch usage or yeah it was really because you know they they showed off a graph that showed like uh like number of people who play switch like once a year yeah and there was a huge spike you know in 2020 um and then it a decrease in so far in 2021 but still higher than 2019 like right, there's still right. a lot of growth well um, and also we're not close to done with uh 2021 yeah that's yet, true especially that's true. as far as their financial year is concerned because it goes until the end of march that's right but uh they didn't they didn't show any historical data for age which right. would have been interesting to be able to compare but um yeah i was actually i was surprised that uh it kind of like clumped in like 20 30 40 year yeah, old. Like, yeah I, yeah i thought that was interesting um, but we, we also, you know, uh, got a little bit more about what Nintendo intends to do with the tons and tons of money that they have been making on the Switch. Well, and the sort of unexpected success of the Switch. Obviously, when they develop new hardware and software for that hardware, they expect it or at least hope it'll be successful. But evidently, the success of the Switch and the attach rate in people like buying multiple uh, units of software for every uh, Switch they buy uh, has if not come as a surprise, has it exceeded expectations? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they also talked about like the life cycle of, you know, initially people were buying one Switch per home, and now they're at the point where like everybody in the home is getting their own mm-hmm. Switch, which they have deemed a success. I think it was, was it uh, when Kimishima was still president, or maybe it was early in Furukawa's run, um, but they were talking about, yeah, like we think the Switch can be as successful as the Wii, and everybody was like, maybe, but it didn't seem. You know, yeah. like analysts, like I, I think everybody in the video game world was a little bit like, I mean, I guess anything's possible, but it like by the end of this fiscal year, if not very shortly after the switch will have outsold the Wii. Um, yeah. I mean, just, I, I, I have it down here in, I have the data down here for a, 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 a related to another like bullet point here, but the uh, lifetime sales of the switch are about 101.63 million. And uh, sorry, that's the Wii. Uh, and then the switch right now is at 92.87 million. So like it is within 10 million, which I know is a lot of consoles, but like, but usually like what they could ship, but by the end, because they saw the holiday season, right. Plus, you know, whatever, January through March. So it seems very doable. Yep. Um, but so what are they going to do with all of this, all this money? Uh, one, R&D of software assets and, quote, building a foundation for maintaining and expanding relationships with customers. Now, I like soft- R&D of software assets, of course. Self-evident, I like more games. More games, better games, of course. Great. 
building a foundation for maintaining and expanding relationships with customers is interesting because I don't know what it means. I don't really know what it means either because everything, or I guess not everything, but a lot of what they've been doing recently in, um, you know, in the name of expanding their relationship with customers has been with, has been partnerships, right? right? With Illumination, with Lego, uh, with Uniqlo. Like, so does that mean that, or does it, cause they also refer to like, um, my Nintendo and Nintendo accounts later on. Right. Um, and you know, like sort of banding about, and we'll get to it, like the, the numbers of Nintendo switch, uh, online subscribers. So like, like it, it, it does make me wonder or what exactly they mean by that. Yeah. Like, is it their direct connection to the customers or, uh, is it just the sort of like broadening out of like using the Nintendo IP to reach other people, other entertainment consumers? Totally. But where then they you're are. like, yeah. oh, like, yes, but what would cause, why would they need to fund it? Like, what would they be doing yes. in which they need to, like, because I guess that's what I'm saying is that right now, to do all that stuff, they have partnerships. Right. But uh, I mean, although I guess I don't know the financial arrangements of any of those partnerships. Right. But you don't, we don't know if Illumination and Nintendo are going half seas on the Super Mario yeah, Bros. Yeah. Movie. yeah. I mean, they do talk about, um, you know, they're opening. Un- right now, there's a Nintendo store in Tokyo, mm-hmm. there is a Nintendo store in New York. They are opening a second uh, store in Japan in Osaka in 20, at the end of 2022. I, there is a huge appetite, I think, for these like official Nintendo stores. Yeah, I agree. It makes complete sense to me that they would put one at Universal City Walk at Universal Studios Hollywood. Yeah, right. Like yeah. that makes a ton of sense to me. When it eventually opens in uh, Florida, I think it makes a ton of sense for them to put one there. So maybe that, and that is something that would be self-funded. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm sure there's a ton of things going on that we don't know anything about. They will quote pursue opportunities in a non-gaming entertainment business that have high affinity with the game business. Which, I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> what what are the uh, slivers of the entertainment business that are, like, friendly to the game business? Yeah, I don't know. Did you see the rumors that um, Seth Rogen is going to star in, like, his own, like, Donkey Kong like spin-off movie, yeah. movie or TV series or something. Yeah, so there, there was uh, that was one piece of uh, movie news that I didn't put on our, our list here because I was like, what is this? What kind of what kind of show is this? Are we video games or are we movies? Um, but because there was also another story of uh, 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 the Metroid guy, um, whose name Sakamoto. I- Yes, yeah, yeah, Yoshio Sakamoto, um, saying that he would like to see a, a Metroid movie. Um, so it's like there's all of these, like it's it's in the air and like reaction to the casting notwithstanding. Like I think people are just sort of like settling on the idea that like oh yeah, these Nintendo movies are real. Yeah, we're actually going to see some of these things are actually going to see the light of day. What could it really mean? And how I I don't think I no I certainly am not prepared for how aggressive it seems that Nintendo is going to be yeah. in pursuing this kind of stuff. But they do talk about in this presentation about how it is all with the intention of getting people to play video games, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. buy the Nintendo hardware and buy Nintendo games. And that that is like the point of all of this um, in their minds. Also, they're not ruling out uh, mergers and acquisitions. So, you know, uh, they recently bought Next Level Games. 
who had been a partner with them for a long time. Lots of people have been talking about, oh, should they buy Mercury Steam after their success with right. the past two Metroid games? So uh, Furukawa says, we're not really out mergers and acquisitions, but they're focused on using the money to organically expand Nintendo development teams and maintaining their creative culture. Which is great because the creative culture at Nintendo is what makes that company that company. Um, and as soon as they're just like buying up, you know, like I, I think it makes it made sense for Xbox and Microsoft to buy Bethesda games and just like welcome that uh, huge um, uh, portfolio of games uh, and IP into their uh, stable. But like this is not the same for Nintendo, right? right? Like they they have such a, a creative identity that just like pulling in other creative identities doesn't totally make sense. Yep. Um, regarding Nintendo accounts, says quote the aim is not as to simply promote the shift to digital, but to build a uniquely Nintendo service infrastructure based on our integrated hardware software business. This is the one I I will believe when I see. It. <laughs> I mean, they talk, and uh, it has been a talking point for a. If since the Nintendo Switch Online was revealed, that they are always looking for ways to increase right. the value, right, and attractiveness of a Nintendo Switch Online account. Yeah, I mean, it. it's so, in like, you know, uh, over a year ago now, you and I did a sort of, like, retro rewatch of hardware reveals at E3, um, and it's just interesting how, like, on top of it, Nintendo was with the DS and its internet capabilities, um, and, like, it's just weird how they never like that's not they're not like leaders in that space at all now. Not necessarily that they were even leaders then, but they were at least like keeping up. Right. Um, especially as far as uh handhelds were concerned. Um and yeah, now it's just like they they feel so like in the dust on uh, uh online infrastructure. Yeah, it's I I feel like I guess my opinion on it is that they, for the most part, compete at, like, table stakes, or it's, like, online functionality exists. Yeah. An eShop exists. Like, that kind of, like, uh, adding friends and all that kind of stuff. I think we've just gotten used to it. You know, like... Yeah, totally. The, the Nintendo way of doing online is not super intuitive, right? But it just, like, is what it is. And so everybody's just kind of like come to terms with it. Yeah, but it would be it would be great if it wasn't a thing that we had to come yeah. to terms with. Um, this weekend, I I played um, uh, Deep Rock Galactic on the uh, Xbox One with um, some friends of mine. Um, it's a game that uh, I was able to access because I'm a, um, a, a, a Game Pass subscriber um, and download it and be in their games within you know like a half an hour of us saying we should do this. Uh, and then, like, you know, we use Discord to uh, to voice chat, but, like, I don't know, it was a seamless yeah. process. Um, so, like, you know, it, I, I never have that. With, with like, Nintendo, you got to be, like, texting back and forth and being like, okay, are you here? Okay, enter this and all, all that kind of stuff. It was just so easy on yeah. Xbox. Uh, and I wish it could be just so easy on uh, Nintendo as well. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has officially outsold Mario Kart Wii. Which uh, Mario Kart Wii sold 37.38 million copies, while Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has now sold 38.74 million. Which is so many. Presumably, we'll continue to sell more because every year it's been selling like 6 million copies. Yeah. Um, it makes it the best selling Mario Kart game in history, 
pretty sure it makes it the best-selling racing game in history. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I, I made a little note here, Mark, that uh, Mario Kart in general is a juggernaut. It's a, in every single platform that it's appeared on, it is in the top four best-selling games on that platform. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe mm -hmm. is a great game. Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect Mario Kart yeah, game. Yeah, it is a perfect Mario Kart game. And, like, uh, well-deserved. Well I feel like most Mario Kart games deserve that, uh, like, very high spot. Um, you know, Mario Kart Wii is the second best-selling game on Wii behind Wii Sports. Um, and on uh, 3DS, I believe it's the best-selling game. And on DS, it's, like, number three behind uh, New Super Mario Brothers and Nintendogs, mm. right? Like, that's the level of... Uh, phenomenon that you have to like get to in order to uh like beat out Mar a Mario Kart game. Yeah, and I you know I know s uh, people don't love the Wii version. I'm not particularly fond of uh Double Dash, but I feel like each Mario Kart game is great in its own yeah, way. Yeah, I agree. There are over 32 million subscribers to Nintendo Switch Online. 32 million. Uh, and like we were talking about earlier, Furukawa re reiterated like they always do that they will continue to expand and improve both Nintendo Switch Online and Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack, but they don't specify how or when or anything like that. Right. Just that they will expand them. Uh, he and didn't call out here the individual like uh, software libraries, so I wonder if... Uh, I mean, obviously, he's just leaving it wide open, but like, what other um, services and or games will come to those things later? Um, you know, no one saw Tetris 99 coming. No right. one saw Super Mario 35 or Pac-Man 99 coming. So, like... The, who who knows who knows what what else will come to these things there's also a chart in the whole thing is like a powerpoint presentation there's a chart on the future outlook and it the chart has three eras one is from 2004 to 2006 where it highlights the integrated hardware software of the nintendo ds and the wii and then it just jumps to 2017 and is like, hey, look at the success we're having with the integrated hardware and software on the Nintendo Switch. And then it jumps to 20XX, 20XX. with a big question mark for the next gaming system. Uh, and next gaming system is uh, written on this slide. Like, uh, so that is something that uh, you know we can expect sometime in the next uh, you know, 89 years, <laughs> um, but before the end of the century. Um, but yeah, it is it is funny to uh, skip past the Wii U era, uh, skip past the 3DS, which was a success. Right. Like it was not as successful as the DS, um, and obviously the Wii U is far less successful than the Wii. Um, but yeah, it, it is just sort of funny in like drawing these lines. Like there are some parts that you want to omit. Yeah, I I I don't know. I I've enjoyed this uh, like presentation. I thought it was a nice reminder how, like, kind of, I guess, fiscally responsible Nintendo is, where yeah. they're like, hey, we're having good times now, but we know from history that, like, the good times are not going to last forever. Right. And so they try to be, like, cash conscious. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that you, like, Nintendo, in a lot of ways, is a conservative company, um, and I don't mean that in, like, a, a political way or anything like that. Uh, although they're probably a little bit, <laughs> um, but yeah, just like like you say, they're uh, they're cautious with um, how they are uh, going to approach um, dispersing their success from the the last couple of years. Famed Super Smash Brothers director Masahiro Sakurai 
gave an interview with Famitsu, which is then translated by Silkanera, about the future of the Super Smash Brothers series. Here are the highlights uh, pulled by Kite Stenbuck at Silicanera. One, quote, I am not thinking of a sequel to Super Smash Brothers. However, I can't say with certainty that this would be the end of Smash. Uh, which seems a little bit self-evident, right? Like right. The, the Smash series is so big, um, there's uh, Nintendo's not going to put it to bed forever. Quote, I need to think whether I must release a Smash game or not, even if I have to do something that would disappoint users. Okay. Cryptic. Cryptic. I need to think whether I must release a Smash game or not. Meaning mm. like, oh. I think it's all one one thought. So I, I need to think whether I must release a Smash game or not, even if I have to do something that would disappoint users. Oh, so maybe saying like, maybe in the future, I we won't do another Smash game, even though that would disappoint people. Oh, I see. I almost read it as the opposite of like, uh, I need to think if we have to release a Smash game, uh, even though what that Smash game will be will disappoint users. Interesting. Another quote. Uh, quote, I currently don't see a path where Smash can be produced without myself. Okay, hold on. <laughs> he's one guy, right? right? He knows he's one guy, right? All right, keep going. <laughs> uh, quote, honestly, we did actually try leaving it to someone else, but it didn't go well. Did we? I have vague, the vaguest mm-hmm. memories of uh, before Smash 4 was revealed or maybe like in the press for Smash 4. Maybe it was just rumors around Smash 4 that uh, Bandai Namco, because they're the ones that helped out with yeah. like Smash mm-hmm. 4 and Smash Ultimate, that Bandai Namco was originally tasked to with, just like just do with it themselves. Yeah. And like maybe like Sakurai was just like tangentially like uh, supervising and that he came in and was like heavily involved. But I can't remember if that's like true. Right, or if just that's sort of the narrative that we like yeah, accept uh-huh. uh, about it. Yeah, I mean, like it is interesting, and also makes you wonder, like, if he's so integral to the process, why has he not been mentoring someone or several no, someone? Totally. Like, yeah, uh, I I do get that he is a a special guy and a rare talent, um, but like, you know, spread that talent around. It, it just <laughs> does not. It just does not seem possible that right. Smash Brothers in some form will form will not continue whether Sakurai is involved or not. Yeah. Um, And then last quote here, quote, if the series were to continue, I have to talk with Nintendo and have a debate on whether it will succeed or not. I must think about this topic seriously. (laughs) I mean, I would want to try to figure out what's next for Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. uh, And, you know, obviously this is just a a, a function of the translation, but that he's like, we will need to have a debate whether it will be successful (laughs) without me or not. What side of that debate do you think he's going to take? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater 3D has been pulled from the 3DS eShop. Uh, in fact, all versions of Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 on like the PlayStation 3, anything that's where it's available digitally uh, has been pulled as Konami renews licenses necessary to distribute some of the historical footage used in those games. Uh, which is fascinating and like a weird wrinkle about... Uh... I mean, it's just like uh, games that use licensed music, right? right. Like um, that will get pulled from stores. I think because Alan, that happened to Alan Wake. Like, yeah, I probably. Think it got yeah, listed because like the license ran out on uh, a song it had in its soundtrack or something like that. And because a lot of these games, I mean, especially uh, Metal Gear's uh, Metal Gear Solid Two and Three, 
they came out in a world before digital distribution of, of console games. Um, so these are games that you would have uh, sold it on, on disc. And so like you licensed the song to print or the, the historical footage to just print on a disc and sell it physically in a store, uh, never intending them to be sold as ones and zeros over the internet, right? Right, or to be available for, like, new sales in yes. perpetuity. forever, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's all stuff that uh, needed to be uh, renegotiated here. Um, I have to imagine that Konami's going to figure out, like, how much could it possibly... Well, right? but, but, like, how how much is it worth them worth it for them to figure it out Great for, point. like, the yeah. PlayStation 3 store or the 3DS eShop, right? So yeah. I well, and, and, and the fact know. that... the the fact that both of these uh, like sort of popped at once means that the license holder noticed, right? Um, it doesn't. It it can't mean that like so, uh, that Konami was like, oh well, we just got to go through and renew right, these. Right, a big countdown clock. Right, right, that's right. That this it's someone it's in someone's calendar. Um, that the license holder was definitely like, wait a minute, they're using that, and like, do we can they do that still? Uh, and then told them to take it down. Um, while they renegotiate. So I wonder if they're able to like hold that as a bargaining chip um, or what? Like, I wonder how, how does a Metal Gear Solid game sell in 2021? Yeah, I don't know. Is uh, Yeah, I don't... Well, again, so is it worth it for them to like right. pay that money? Is it worth it for them to like work through this? I can't imagine that these games will never be available again. Right. And so I think it will be worked out in some form. But it's also way harder to pull out historical footage than it is to pull out like a song that you know mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh it would be tough to release a Tony Hawk game without like Goldfinger Superman or whatever. Um but like you can do it, right? And you can just put like a license a different song, but like that's footage that is spliced into some forty five minute long cutscene. <laughs> do you think they would ever go back and like re edit them without that footage? Yeah, I mean, I think if it came down to it, I do. I do yeah. think they would do that. Um, because, again, I, I imagine someday we're going to see, like, a collection on, you know, the Xbox Series X and the, right. you know, PlayStation 5. That feels inevitable to me. Yeah, well, I mean, this is affecting collections that already exist. Mm. So there are collections that have, like, all of Metal Gear uh, on them. And if it has two or three on them, it has been taken down entirely. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It it's, does feel like something they're going to have to work out in some form. But I just... Do they find it worthwhile to put it back up on the 3DS eShop? Like, oh yeah, that one in, in that particular. Yeah, that, that one's tough. Metroid Dread was kind of... Was advertised as the ending of the saga for Samus Aran and the Metroids. But it's... With the success of Metroid Dread, it's only natural that we should ask whether that's truly the last we will ever see of this infamous bounty hunter. In an interview with CNET, Metroid director and producer Yoshio, that can't be right. Yeah, it is. Oh, there we Yoshio. go. Sakamoto vaguely addressed the series' future, saying, quote, As long as the character Samus exists, I think her adventures will continue. I feel that Samus should continue her adventure, and that's something that we would really need to put our best effort into. Metroid Dread does conclude the five-story arc that has been going for 35 years. However, I feel that it's not the ultimate end. There should be something that is able to continue the franchise in the universe. So yes, as long as your character Samus is loved, I would like to do what I have to do. Uh, and of course, this is all knowing that a fourth Metroid Prime game is still coming out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so you know, uh, any any like faint towards this being like the uh, dead end of the Metroid franchise uh, is 
obviously false. You know, so I have not finished Metroid Dread yet. Oh, you got it. And so I have not seen however this concludes. But I'm curious from your perspective, Patrick, as a Metroid, a longtime Metroid fan, mm-hmm. do you, does it feel like there is some sort of finality? Yes. Oh wow. There, okay. there, there is there is uh some finality. Uh, Samus ends in a place that is definitive. Dead. No, <laughs> she does not die. Spoiler on that. Um, but uh, her status in the world has changed. Uh, and the status quo of the world has also changed. Um, so, like, it, it, it's one of those things where, like, uh, I don't know what the series would be called going forward because calling it Metroid no longer feels uh, genuine. Yeah, I mean, even in Metroid Dread, I mean, again, spoilers, there are no Metroid yeah. in Metroid Dread. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. So, um, interesting. But yes, there are lots of ways around it, whether it's... No Metroid to a, to a point. To a point, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yes, that's right, that's right. Um, there, even if, Metro, even if Samus's story doesn't continue into the future, like you're saying with Metroid Prime 4, there are lots of avenues that they could take to continue right. um, Samus's story. Right. I can't really wrap my head around how, but The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD has already outsold the original Wii version. Which, again, we talked about it earlier, the uh, Switch is catching up to the Wii's lifetime sales. But by the time Skyward Sword came out on Wii, uh, that was like the Wii at the height of its distribution. That like, it was in as many homes as it was going to get into at that point. Yeah, there were like a kajillion Wiis, but nobody was playing it anymore. Um, which is probably what accounts for it. So maybe we can, in fact, wrap our heads around it. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Switch version has sold 3.6 million units to the Wii's lifetime of uh, 3.52 million. And does that not just put into stark relief how like much of a juggernaut that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is? Okay. That it's like, it laps, you know... Uh... Yeah, 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> In like a year, yeah. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe sells twice as much right as in, in, in its skyward sword fifth year yeah, yeah. Uh, crazy totally crazy um but uh cool and congratulations to skyward sword um hd i i do i like that it has found like new life on, on i had Switch. never i had never played it if they had not released it in this hd version i don't know that i ever would have yeah and i am so glad that i am playing it i've enjoyed it immensely yep nintendo has announced some of their black friday deals which are set to uh to start in store on Sunday, November 21st, but I think are available now. Oh, um, okay. Or at least some of it online is available now. Bundle that includes Switch, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, digital version, and three months of an individual member subscription to Nintendo Switch Online for $299.99. I think this is the same deal that they ran last year. I think year so. I think well. so. Mm-hmm. A bunch of first party games dropped from $59.99 to $39.99. So you can get Breath of the Wild, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Splatoon 2, Super Mario Maker 2, Paper Mario The Origami King, Kirby Star Allies, Link's Awakening, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Astral Chain, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition for only $40. Bucks. Patrick, I if there's one on this list that I think you should play. It is for sure Paper Mario. Well, I, you probably own all of these except for Paper Mario, The Origami King, which... Uh, well, I, I, I don't own Astral Chain, but uh, otherwise you are correct. <laughs> yeah, because I really enjoyed Paper Mario, The Origami King. I think you would like it too. 
It's one that I wish I had bought physically so I could loan Lend it to, it to you. me, yeah. But um, one to check out. Um, that's a good tip and one that I was going to, uh, I was probably going to pursue. Um, I also want to just point out, uh, Link's Awakening, I think has been at this price, uh, at some point in the past. Um, and I probably said it then I will say it again. Now, $40 is like the correct price point mm. for Link's Awakening. Um, it's a great remake of a great game. Um, a little light on, uh, like content, like you can kind of burn through the entire experience in like 12 ish hours. Um, but like totally worth 40 bucks. Totally worth it. Also, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit drops from 100 bucks to 59.99. And then Ring Fit Adventure, this is a really good deal. Drops yeah. from 80 bucks to 50 like 55, 54.99. Yeah, I that's if if you haven't checked out Ring Fit Adventure yet because that like $80 price tag is intimidating. Uh, I agree with you. That is a lot to spend on a uh, like exercise video game. Um, but if $55 sounds a little bit more or a little bit less intimidating, uh, like absolutely check it out. Uh, it was a lifesaver for me over the over the pandemic. I still mess around with it from time to time uh, when I want to hurt myself. <laughs> um, but it's great. Yeah, I, I love Ring Fit. There's also uh, around this time, like tons and tons of eShop sales. And so I'm sure we'll be getting more yep. details of that soon. A couple of delays were announced last week. Shovel Knight Dig was delayed out of 2021 to sometime in 2022. Yacht Club Games assured us that development was going well, but they needed more time. Uh, which is fine. I love Shovel Knight and I love uh, Yacht Club. I will play whatever they put out whenever they put it out. Um, but yeah, see if this if I got to wait a couple of months for this one, I'm totally happy. Is this with that. the like? Was it a puzzle game? What is Shovel Knight Dig? <sighs> So it's not it's not the the match three one. It is uh like it's the sixteen bit um sort of I I can't remember if it's like actually roguelike or not. Um, but it gives sort of vibes of like the Steam World Dig games, but with got it. Shovel okay, yeah. got it. Uh, also, Marvel's Midnight Suns, which was only announced in August and set for March twenty two release, has been delayed to the second half of twenty twenty two. Um, which uh. Is, I mean, this is a, a cool looking game, right? Like this is the the sort of like dark Marvel yeah. uh, strategy XCOM like game, um, which I'm interested in playing. But like, this, uh, you know, a long strategy game where I'm going to have to invest like tons of time into it. It's <laughs> honestly like a relief to know it's coming later. Yep. And finally, Nintendo has released an update to Super Mario 3D All-Stars uh, well after the game has been taken off of digital stores and they stopped producing new copies. The new update allows players to use the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack Nintendo 64 controllers to play Super Mario 64, which, awesome. I wish that this was the way that I yeah. played Super Mario 64 when I played it for 3D All-Stars. Uh, yeah, it's it's so funny to me that they uh, went back in, like, patched in that controller support. Um, but it means that there is a reason now, only one, but a reason for people who subscribe to regular old Nintendo Switch Online to order the Nintendo 64 controller, even if they're not also subscribed to the expansion pack. Right. Because they can actually use it on a game that they already have if they already have it. Yeah, that's true. It's the only reason. Well, other than just to <laughs> admire it. And it is beautiful. Feels nice in the hand. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. I was really worried I was going to mess up that music cue again. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, 
review and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. We appreciate it when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Also, if you want to be our friends on the Nintendo Switch, our friend codes are in the description of every episode. Um, we also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller spraying some water on you and saying thank you for listening. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder I than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>